This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. to work our way back to normalcy. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Ken, going to be working via the phone lines here for the next couple of weeks as he is self-quarantining as somebody in his 60s completely understand that side of it. Ken's going to join me a little bit later on here this hour. But right now, we got one of my favorite people to talk to. He is the college basketball writer at NBCSports.com. He is Rob Doster as he joins us here on a Monday. Rob, uh, well... Normally, we'd be getting ready. We'd have the brackets in front of us. We'd be deep diving into it. No bracket. And I mentioned uh, to the last guest that I had here on the program today, 5 o'clock came around. I was playing with my daughter. I looked at the the, the uh, clock on my, on my phone and saw it was 5.02. And I tell you what, we would not have Cake Wars on the television normally at that time, but she was all about that, Ed. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was not fun yesterday. Um I'm kind of going through all that because it was, you know, that's that's normally the most exciting day of the year mm-hmm. for me, for for a lot of people, and um, it's felt like that basically nonstop for the last pretty much five days. Is that I keep being like, you know, what I would normally be doing at this time? I would normally be doing this. I'd normally be doing that. I'd normally be doing something completely different than what I am actually doing, and um, I don't really know. Like, I'm very confused about what I'm supposed to be doing with my life right now. But I, I can't tell you how many weeds I've pulled out of my garden already. Normally, I don't start doing that until, like, mid-May when it's already behind. So I might, like, my uh, landscaping might actually look pretty good this year as opposed to being an absolute disaster, which is what it normally is. So I don't really know. If anyone has tips on, like, what to do during the day, I got two kids under five at home. Like, I got to figure out how to, how to um, you know, do be homeschooling and, uh, while also trying to work. It's just, it's. I have no idea. It, it, life is very strange how um, suddenly, but that's that's the big thing, Trent, right, is, is how suddenly this kind of came on. You know, it, it, I, I went back and I looked at my Twitter feed, and like 3 o'clock on Saturday or on uh, on Wednesday, I was tweeting about like the, like teams that were going to make the bubble. <laughs> right? That's, like, it, it's, that's literally like five days ago. We were still having conversations about who's going to be in the bubble, and now, um, you know, schools – and gatherings of over 50 people have been completely shut down. It feels like that was like two months ago, and it was five days. It's, it's incredible how quickly it changed, and just from the national perspective to the local perspective, and on and on and on, and, and what the future is going to hold, and the stories that are out there about the NBA not getting going again until mid to late June. I know Adrian Wojnarowski had that. When all this went down last week, in fact, we were texting a little bit, and I think it was maybe Wednesday that we were texting. He said, 
hey, not going to be able to make it here late in the week because of everything going on, but I'll join you on Monday and I'll join you again on Thursday. We're going to get you twice this week to talk about this NCAA tournament. And just like that, and I was one of the people that were just surprised at the NCAA tournament because there were coaches, Fran McCaffrey among them, saying, if we need to push this back to May, we're happy to do that. The rosters might look different. That certainly could happen. Maybe guys I mean, are getting post, deals. But... Postponing is just not an option. Right. There's, you absolutely cannot do it. And it's not just the rosters. It's, you know, you have kids that are going to spend the next basically eight weeks at home. Like they're, they're not going to be, they're not going to be with their teams. They're not going to be practicing or they're not going to be training. Many of these, these kids don't have the facilities to be able to do the things that they need to do to compete at that level. And then we're going to ask them to go right out and compete in the NCAA tournament there. Like one, all you're doing is asking for injuries. Two, like how are we going to know how these kids are going to be academically eligible at the time? Three, how many of them are going to have gone home and spent time like just training for the NBA draft, right? Like who knows? Like is Luca Garza at this point worried about what's going to happen with Iowa next season, or is he focusing on maybe putting his name in the draft and seeing how he tests up um, when he has to go through like the combine and do all that kind of stuff? You know, his focus isn't going to be on the college basketball season anymore. And then throwing them all back together to run a tournament that, like, how are you going to put that together logistically? Like, we, it takes years to plan out an NCAA tournament from finding facilities to securing space within those arenas to being able to rent out, like, the, uh, uh, the domes that they play in to putting together the travel for all these kids. It's a 68 team event in 13 different cities. Like, that doesn't come together in two weeks. Postponing it was not an option. And I guess, like, in theory, you can say that like it's possible to do all that, but in all practicality and for all intents and purposes, like it was, that's not possible. You can't do that. Postponing was not an option. So it's either you play it against everything that every smart medical professional says it used to do, or you just kind of suck it up and say like this is we don't want to do this, but we don't really have an option. You know what you mentioned, Luca Garza, and one thing that I want to get your perspective on it. We still have the great unknown of what's going to happen and, and what's going to happen with guys you know, when they go through workouts. Are they going to be flying across the country as they normally do and going through workouts with different teams? Well, more than likely not. For a guy like Luca Garza, is that going to impact him even more? Or they're just going to say, he's going to say, look at the tape. Yeah, I'm not the most athletic dude. I'm not going to beat a lot of these guys up and down the floor. But what I'm going to do, you can see, I can score at this level. In a draft that is down, how does that impact Luca Garza? You know, honestly, I don't even really know. Um, I, I don't think that he's like you. Kind of know what Luca Garza is at this point, right? Like it, it's not, it's not like he hasn't developed. It's not like he's an unknown commodity. He's a guy that's that's heavy footed. He is a player that's never going to be a great rim protector, but he's a guy that is going to play uh, give you one hundred and ten percent every single second that he's on the floor. He's a guy that is going to work and work and work and run the floor and post up and score on the block and you know you know he's going to be able to rebound so. Um, to me, like I just don't think that, given his limitations defensively, uh, I don't think that he is necessarily an NBA player. Um, I do think that he's going to be a guy that makes a ton of money playing for like a decade overseas. Uh, which, I mean, there's worse things in the world than being able to go and play in like Spain or Italy, assuming that at some point those countries you know, like relieve this lockdown that they have going on. But um, I do think it's the kind of situation with someone like Luca where it might make him more likely to return because I just can't see. Like I don't, I don't know how they're going to do this pre-draft process. Mm-hmm. I, I can't fathom that you're going to be flying these kids all over the country to have them go to workouts when basically everyone's saying like, "Don't travel, don't leave your house." It just seems like that's the wrong thing to do. So I don't know how this is going to work out. And Luca, to me, is not. You know, you know what you're getting with James Wiseman, right? But like, you know he's going to be a pro. You know Cole Anthony is going to be a one and done. It doesn't really matter. 
guys like Luca Garza uh, are the ones that are the question mark. And if he doesn't have a chance to go to these workouts and sell himself in interviews, like to me, I think the best thing that he has going for him is just getting and meeting a GM face to face and talking to him and just selling himself on that. Right? I think the interview process is going to be big for him because you know I think that his personality and the way that he kind of carries himself, uh, the, like he's he's got kind of a you know a professional mentality, so to speak, already. So. Um, we'll see how that all plays out, but I think that this might end up uh, making it more likely that he comes back. But again, like I haven't thought too much about it. That's kind of off the cuff. You know, with that, also guys that are on that fringe and guys that normally maybe would make the jump, unfinished business. Nobody's going to win the national championship this year. Nobody's going to get to a Final Four. And those guys that maybe were juniors and were on that, ah, will I, won't I, what should I do? Coming back for that final season or another season for guys that are freshmen that normally jump, you got to figure there's at least a couple of guys this is going to impact not having an NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, I think for the at some point you just kind of have to say like, look, this is this is sad and it sucks, and they're not going to. It's not something that they're going to be happy remembering about. But you also got to remember like it's the goal for for probably like 90% of the kids that are playing in college basketball, the goal is to get to the professional ranks and play professional. Yes, they want to, you know, experience the NCAA tournament and compete with their teammates and do all of those other things. But the, the goal in life isn't to have like your best life when you're in college, right? Even, even you know, like us, like um, I, I loved everything that happened in college, but the goal for me was to, to end up being able to um, find a profession where I could, make the money that I need to support a family, right? Like, I think it's like that for, for uh, college basketball players, too. Like, the goal is to one day be able to make a living through basketball, and you do it through the college ranks. And, yes, it's disappointing that they didn't get to compete in the NCAA tournament, but I don't know how many of them that'll, like, I'm sure there are a couple guys that'll say, I need to give this one more go, uh, but I don't know how many of them are going to necessarily say, like, okay, I need to um, I, I need to change how I get to the professional route because of what happened here. I just... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, and I think it's kind of like a kid-by-kid basis, to be honest. Rob Doster joining us, NBCSports.com. Rob, we talked about it at the top, just what normally yesterday is, getting those brackets. I always have a blank one. In fact, I made my own going way back to the 80s, and I'd fill them out, and I even used a typewriter then to try to make my own brackets that way for a number of years before I finally got a computer, Uh, maybe dating myself just a little bit there. But, Rob, without that yesterday... What teams this impact? The, the Dayton's of the world and Obi Toppin and you know the people saying, "Boy, how good is this guy really?" Going through the A10, a down A10 this season, didn't get a chance to see him outside of some highlights. And San Diego State, a Final Four possibly upon them. There are teams that this impacts in a big time way, and and that's the part you never know. It's the great unknown of the NCAA tournament. We're not going to have that, but those individual programs certainly got to be towards the top of the list of the impact it makes to them. Well, I mean, yes, look, Dayton, Dayton fans, like you're never going to have this opportunity again. You know, well, I don't want to say never, but it's very, very unlikely that you're going to have a top 10 pick and be a top five team in a year where nobody seems like they're really all that good, right? Like how often are we going to have a season where none of the great teams are just absolutely loaded with pros? Um, so I think this was the year, like if you wanted to be a great mid-major program and make a run at a national title, like this was the year to do it. It was perfectly set up for Dayton to make a run, perfectly set up for San Diego State to make a run, perfectly set up for Gonzaga mm-hmm. to have their chance to win it all, perfectly set up for someone like a Baylor even to be able to have like a great, memorable season that I don't know is necessarily replicable. Um, and it's not just them that I feel for. Like, What about the kids at Rutgers? 
You know, like how long have they been there? It's been 29 years since they made an NCAA tournament, and they were going to get in, and they didn't have a chance to to experience it, right? How about Lamar Stevens? He was there. He was at Penn State for four years. He came back. He put it on pro last year. He came back to put together this run. He is seven points away from becoming Penn State's all-time leading scorer, and he finally made the tournament, and they were going to put this all together, and now it just got pulled away from him in the blink of an eye. It's, it's kids like that that I feel for, you know? How about the kids at Hofstra? They, you know, they're they're built on seniors, and they haven't been to the tournament in 19 years. And now those kids at Hofstra are going to have to go home without uh, without ever experiencing it, despite earning it this year. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of kids that I just you know, it's not fun. And and for us, like we uh, like we love it, right? Like this is entertainment, a way to get us through uh, the end of winter and into um, kind of the summer months. But for them, like that's something they've been working for for six months, and they don't get to a chance to experience it. I feel for them. It sucks. Figuratively, the world is burning around us, and Saturday we find out that Rick Pitino is coming back to college basketball. I mean, of all the surreal moments of the last five days, that one was right up there. That one just. I mean, you talk about a shocker, at least to me, and not being inside of it. I know there have been some conversation and some things that, that have been talked about, but I would just absolutely blindsided with all the news going on that I get that nugget of news. Yeah, well, I, I kind of expected it. You know, he's been trying to get back in for a while, and there were a couple of openings last year that, that really considered him and, and um, just couldn't pull the trigger, and eventually I owned it did. And honestly, like, I'm – so – the, the thing that's concerned, like that's weird about it to me is that they don't know what the punishment is going to be from the NCAA for everything that happened at, at Louisville with the NCAA and the FBI investigation into the stuff with Brian Bowen. And that's, that's the big question mark is like, what, like, are they going to hit him with a show cause? How much of a suspension is he going to get? Like, it, it's a little surprising that he got hired with that hanging over his head, but I'm not worried about the stuff that happened before that with like Katina Powell and the, um, and that scandal simply because like, I, I, I refuse to believe that he knew. Um, I don't think that it would be, let's just put it like this. If it's Rick Pitino, right, you would think that if that's the way that he wanted to go to try to entice players to go there, they would go something with something a little bit more high-end, if that makes sense. So um, he is not, what they did, what Louisville did in that entire thing, what Andre McGee did was incredibly dumb. And Rick Pitino, like all the, whatever you want to criticize him for, like he is not dumb enough to do that or have any knowledge of it or allow it to go on within his program if he knew it was happening. So, um, I'm not worried about that. I just think with everything that might be coming with this, this uh, the NCAA's investigation and the FBI's investigation, it just was surprising that he was able to get hired. Yeah, and that still lingers out there. And another just kind of weird layer to this is where Iona College is located in, New Rochelle, New York, which is one of the main kind of hot spots, if you will, of what's happening with COVID-19. This is a big part there, and he flew in there and, and got the deal done at the very least, we have to assume, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's risky doing that. It's yes. risky going in there, right? Um, but yeah, he, he got the job. He got hired. And uh, look, as someone that enjoys basketball, put all your personal feelings for Rick Pitino aside. Like, he is one of the best college basketball coaches that we've ever seen. And the mid-major ranks just got better. And I can already tell you, I don't want to see Iona in the first round of the NCAA tournament next year. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a team that's going to make a run, and all of a sudden there it is, and and the stories that'll come out. I. He'll turn it around quickly. He does it every single place that he is. This guy, there's the off-court things. There's the Italian restaurant. You have all those components and make all the jokes that you will. 
that dude knows how to coach, and that guy will turn that program. It doesn't really need to turn around. I mean, this is certainly the best program of the last 15, 20 years in the Metro Athletic. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tim Clues has done a phenomenal job with them. They've, I think uh, from 2012 to 2019, they either won the MAC regular season uh, conference title or the MAC tournament title, and they made four NCAA tournaments in that span. Like, I, I own is already a really, really good program Like as things are going on, and now – you just so happen to have a Hall of Fame coach that has something to prove to a lot of people. So, yeah, I think Iona is going to be pretty good for a while. So, one of the final things I want to bring up to you, Rob, uh, one of, well, for years, when I first met you, at least our, our conversations on the radio, your Twitter profile pick was you laying on midcourt at the Final Four, confetti all around you, laying on your back, looking up at the camera with a big smile on your face. You're not going to get that shot this year. So, are you going to put anything in the place for 2020? Anything to fill in the gap? <laughs> I have no idea, man. I haven't got that far. I'm still in morning. <laughs> right there with you. Going to be uh, certainly wild times right now, but in college sports, you have recruiting. You have guys transferring. In fact, you know, looking at a bunch of college basketball guys' feeds today, there's there's players announcing that they're going to be looking around, that they're going to be transferring. It's not going to end for you. You're still going to have plenty to talk about and write about. <laughs> yeah, look. Uh, all it did was just accelerate the uh, the transfer market. And I'll tell you what, it's never been easier to get a college basketball coach on the phone right now. And if you're a college <laughs> basketball coach and you're not working those phones and trying to figure out those transfer markets, you're going to end up falling behind. So uh, with the possibility that, that transfers could end up being um, eligible immediately, mm-hmm. combined with the fact that all these guys are, are back at home and, and a lot of them are not allowed on campus, <laughs> it could get wild, man. Buckle up because it could be a very, very – uh, interesting transfer offseason. Stay safe, Rob, out there. Good talking with you again. We'll do it again here at some point, I'm going to guess, in the coming months. Well, good catching up, man. And let Ken know, pass on word from him that I said that I did this interview, even though I had to talk with you the whole time in, uh, in solidarity, solidarity with him because I know he's in self-quarantine. Yes. He needed something fun to listen to. Yeah, no doubt. We'll, we'll, we'll keep him up there. Thanks for your time today, Rob. Take care, man. Rob Doster, NBCSports.com. Find him on Twitter, at Rob Doster, as he joins us here throughout college basketball season. With that, we're going to take another time out. When we come back, it's time to talk some Cyclones, the impact there. And Jamie Pollard came out today, the athletic director at Iowa State University, with, I thought, a very good. Now, I haven't had a chance to read through all of that. In fact, that's what I'm going to be doing here during the break. But he... uh Send a message to Cyclone fans. Very good. Some really interesting things in there. We'll talk about that and see what else is going on in the world of Cyclone athletics. Alex Halstead, come your way as we continue on. Taking you up until noon. Ken will be back with us late in uh, in this hour as we'll take you up till 12 o'clock here on Miller and Condon. 1460 KXNO and now on 106.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Miller and Condon continues 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon here joined by Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Ken going to be back with us later on if you... Missed it. Ken made the decision. He is going to self-quarantine here for the next few weeks. Certainly understand the impact, but he'll be back on the phone line with me here to finish off the show. Before that, though, let's talk a little Cyclones with Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Alex, it's been quite the week, just a week ago. In fact, you made the decision not to head to Kansas City. 
a week ago as they were getting ready for their matchup against Oklahoma State, and it feels like that game was played a year ago. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, we talked last week, a week after uh, that game, and we were talking, and it was kind of in the midst of the cancellations coming down. The Big 12 announced it while we were on the air, and the ACC did then a little bit later. And uh, in, in the week or so, I guess a little bit less than a week since we talked, it felt like a lot longer, and we've basically seen the entire sports world come to a halt. So it's been quite a, quite a few days since we talked last uh, no doubt. It, it has been interesting to keep your mind on everything and your eye on everything. Jamie Pollard, the athletic director for Iowa State, he was part of the NCAA men's basketball committee. He was going to be one of the people that was in the room here throughout last weekend, making the decision, the 68 teams in the bracket, the at-large teams who was going to be there, what the seating was going to be, obviously taken off the schedule. But he had a, a open letter that he sent two Cyclone fans up at Cyclones.com talking about some of the things that he learned and thought some very interesting things to unpack coming from New York City and, and the people that he was around and the people that he talked to and the perspective that he gained as he made his way back to Ames. Yeah, I think the the most notable part that he had in there from his experience, like you said, going to New York for uh, that selection committee was that you know when he left, he thought it was kind of overblown and um, he thought it maybe it was being made bigger deal than it was, and now he said as he comes back, he um, kind of understands the full scope of it, and especially, I think, being in New York City, where you know I think starting Tuesday, they're going to be closing bars and restaurants to take out only and stuff, and so that's obviously a much different world there in New York to begin with, but then you you just factor in how many people and how many measures that they're going to there. I think, I don't know how much of that he saw, but that seemed to be his big takeaway, and then you know, the other one that's obviously Iowa State related is he said he's already talked to several coaches and staff, including Matt Campbell, about, you know, what does this mean if there is no spring practice? You know, Iowa State was supposed to begin spring practice um, on March 24th. It was going to be expected to be uh, running through April 25th. Um, you know, the Big 12 says you can't even start until March 29th, so that for sure pushes it back uh, probably at least a week, but it's going to probably be much longer than that, and it's possible Iowa State could have spring practice. And how does it affect not only them, but obviously college football teams around the country as they go into the summer and fall camp, that's something he said he himself and, and Matt Campbell have talked about. So the, the letter was kind of wide-ranging, both on his experience and how it's kind of opened his eyes, but also you know how this could affect Iowa State uh, when when this crisis uh, kind of, you know, everyone hopes comes to a close by the summer. Yeah, that, that's certainly the hope, and this is continues to do, continues to be excuse me a fluid situation. I, I found that part interesting too that you brought up him talking with Coach Campbell what it's going to look like if this football program doesn't get spring practice, if the NCAA maybe opens up the the season a little bit earlier, if, if we pass and we get into July and they say, you know what, we're going to give these teams an extra week of practice, an extra two weeks of practice, whatever it is, and the impact of a program like Iowa State that isn't churning out four- and five-star players all the time, more of a developmental-type program, you feel at least on the surface that's going to impact Iowa State more than, say, a Texas or an Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it definitely impacts Iowa State. And, you know, we had uh, had our chances, you know, all the media to, you know, sit down with him. And I had kind of gone over with him, spent several minutes talking about, you know, how they were going to structure spring practice. And this year they were going to do it differently. They had made the decision to wait till after spring break to start spring practice. Um, and that's why they were going to start March 24th. And it was going to go much later. You know, normally they were ending early to mid-April. This one was going to end. The last scrimmage was going to be April 25th. And so they were going to go, you know, those – five, six weeks, three practices a day, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 
Uh, that was going to give them more winter workouts with uh, new strength and conditioning coach Dave Andrews. Uh, he said it was going to be a lot more fundamental focus and less uh, scheme because he feels like you know they're returning a lot of players who know the scheme, but they wanted to get back into some of the details and fundamentals that we kind of harped on and talked about last fall. So this was going to be kind of a different spring practice for them, and I think he was excited to get into that, and it's an important spring for them um, to bring back a lot of these players and hope to try to build on what they did last season, um, but kind of go into um, this next 2020 season kind of on a little bit faster note, jump into it a little bit quicker uh, and more positive results early. So this definitely impacts. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing is what does the NCAA do? Because, you know, it's not just Iowa State. I'm, I'm assuming pretty much everybody hasn't started spring practice. Or they're supposed to start right now. So if you did start, you probably only had a couple practices. Will they say, hey, you can, you know, spend your summer workout time with the coaches now? You know, can you do some practices in June um, if everything's cleared by then? That's what's going to be interesting is, you know, is how they change that, if they change it at all. And, you know, if they do, you know, how do teams want to structure it? Because you don't want your players to be burnt out in the summer, but you also want to try to maximize anything you can get before you get to fall camp in August. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, spring football, delayed, pushback, suspended, canceled, the, whatever term you want to use for it, we're not going to see it, certainly, for the foreseeable future. Another thing is on-campus visits for recruiting, and that's something you do a ton of at Cyclone Alert. Is it still too early in the process? Have you talked to Coach Campbell or anybody in the coaching staff about what that's going to mean for them? Of course, we know know, high school prospects aren't going to be coming to campus, but diving a little bit deeper, how much it's going to change in the recruiting world. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to have an impact. You know, Iowa State um, is probably lucky that they got a lot of their top prospects uh, for this class in town on February 1st. You know, they at least got a lot of the Midwest guys, you know, some of their top priorities at different positions. You know, we talked about it back at the time. You know, that February 1st date was huge for them. Mm-hmm. They've had several commitments come out of that one, and they've had several visitors that, you know, those were the key guys that have now been to campus. And, you know, recruiting is for sure put on hold until April 15th. You know, schools can't bring kids in. And so that's going to have an impact. You know, you look at the coming weeks. Um, I talked to several prospects, both in Iowa uh, and just kind of around the Midwest and elsewhere that were coming to a practice on, you know, March 28th, that were coming to a practice, especially I think the weekend of um, April 11th, I think they were going to have a scrimmage and have a lot of big targets in town. So, you know, those visits can't happen. And it's going to impact different programs um, to different degrees because, you know, some programs haven't really been heavy on visits yet. They were going to wait till spring ball. Well, now they can't bring kids in. And so, you know, you've seen from our national guys have kind of talked to different people who have said, um, this recruiting stuff could impact, you know, the early signing date. Do, does the NCAA do anything with that? Because, you know, visits are going to be pushed back so much. Um, it could impact, um, you know, the fact that the schools that got their targets in early might have kind of an upper hand because a lot of those recruits just kind of have to stay home until, you know, who knows when. So it's definitely going to have a role. I haven't necessarily heard from Matt Campbell and his staff about what it's going to be. You know, I know their, their thought last week this time was that I was told that it's, you know, quote, fluid. And then within the next 24 to 48 hours, you know, the decision had been made for them by the NCAA that there can't be recruiting. So it's going to be quite quite interesting to see how that, that unfolds. Going to be a lot of layers to peel back there. Any news at all when you uh, talk about Cyclone football recruiting, anything there? And that also kind of lays over to the basketball side of things. You know, we've speculated about about what the roster is going to look like and, and what Steve Prohm, what he needs to do to build this roster up to put them in consideration, maybe to be a tournament team next year. It seems like work needs to be done. Anything newsy starting to happen yet? 
Not yet, and that's that's what's you know kind of been the thing is I thought after the NCAA tournament or after Iowa State season was over, that's when we'd start to hear some transfer names. But you've kind of seen that market kind of even sit at a standstill. You're seeing guys enter the transfer portal because uh, you know the college basketball season's over, and so everybody's kind of entering the portal a little bit earlier. But because visits can't really happen for at least a month, you know you're really not seeing a a whole lot of action. But you know I expect Iowa State to be involved with a few transfers. I think the one thing that we could see in the next couple of weeks is, you know, after spring break, um, I think Steve Prohm probably still plans to meet with Tyrese Halliburton and do his end of season meeting. So you could see um, within the next week or so, uh, Tyrese Halliburton make his decision on the NBA uh, public and then also potentially anything Iowa State related in the transfer portal. So you're going to start to see their, their scholarship situation come into focus. But in terms of guys coming to campus, you know, that's kind of a little bit on hold. So, um, it's just kind of all up in the air. And, and not only that, but, you know, they were going to start to probably put out more offers for the 2021 recruiting class. And uh, basically all, I shouldn't say basically, I mean, all those AAU leagues have canceled their spring recruiting. And so there's not going to be coaches on the road in April. There's not going to be uh, the Nike EYBL or the Adidas uh, gauntlet. You know, those things aren't going to happen. So basically, you know, we talked about football recruiting being pushed back with visits. The evaluation period for coaches uh, for the 2021 recruiting class might really be pushed towards July. Going to be wild times, no doubt. Alex Halstead will keep us at the top of our list as we talk Cyclones going forward and more news will continue to trickle out. We'll get into that with Alex here. Have your uh, spring series going on right now. Alex going through each of the position groups. Iowa State running back, tight end position. Know a couple of those up there on the front page right now at CycloneAlert.com. Guess that's the plan going forward. A lot of speculation about what this team's going to look like come fall. Yeah, I started my spring series before we knew all this stuff. You know, I was planning it exactly you know, there's 10 different positions if you kind of count it out. Um, and I was going to do, you know, two weeks, five weekdays each week, leading directly up to the start of spring practice. And I think the first sentence says leading up to the March 24th start. I just realized the other day I need to start editing that part out. So um, I'm going to still continue. And I think, you know, it's kind of a reprieve for people to still kind of look towards football season and, and that sort of thing. So it's still interesting to kind of look at all these positions. But obviously, you know, it's not leading up to spring ball exactly. And you know, that was kind of what I was looking forward to most here in the next couple of weeks is, you know, next Tuesday we were going to talk to Matt Campbell and then we were going to have five, six opportunities to talk to uh, the assistants and players from every position um, and, you know, start to kind of dive into some of these different storylines. And um, that's kind of all on hold too. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but uh, still going to try to find some areas and, you know, maybe this will be a time to really try to dive into the recruiting and see, you know, where Iowa State stands with some of these kids, even if they can't get to campus. Thank you, Alex. Good talking with you. Yep, thanks, Trent. Alex Alstead, CycloneAlert.com, here on Miller and Condon. We'll get the Miller part in here to cap things off. Ken Miller jumping back on with us with his self-quarantine, going to be away for a couple of weeks at least, live in studio, but he's going to join me every day. We're still going to do our thing. We're still going to talk sports. We're still going to have topics to get into. We're going to look back. We're going to get through history. We'll finish things off. Ken Miller joining me as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now. Member FDIC. Back one final time. Miller and Connick continues. 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. Back to the phone lines again. We got Ken Miller back with us to put a wrap on things here on our Monday show. Ken, uh, well, this is unprecedented territory as we've talked about at the top. This is certainly wild time, but normally at the end of the program, 
We're talking about what we're keeping our eye on for this evening. You make fun of me and what I'm going to be betting on tonight. Got nothing in that uh, account, certainly. I'm going to be fired at here this evening. Last night, speaking of that, there, there was a pool for the Democratic debate between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. They had a pool number of times they would say millionaire, number of times they would say billionaire, number of times on and on and on. People, uh, well, people are sick like me. In fact, people are probably sicker than me trying to figure out, what am I going to bet on here to make the time pass here over the next few months? So was it actually, you could actually bet like real money or was it kind of fantasy? I know it was, it was the DraftKings app you were on. Yes. I, saw you, uh, you saw, I, I think you tweeted that last night. I mean, you can't bet on elections, at least for now, um, in, in this country. You can't otherwise. And, and, you know, in the U.K., you can bet on the American election. Uh, I did see, I think it was Darren Ravel or somebody put out, that he, uh, he pointed out how many people participated in the same exercise you did last night. And he believes, therefore, there's an appetite for wagering on elections in, in the country. And, and I think you got to tap the brakes a little bit on that. There was nothing else to do. Right? <laughs> right. So everybody that had the shakes, like yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm guessing that if there would have been Sunday night baseball or, you know, a basketball game or whatever, you probably wouldn't have given the second thought to, you know, playing uh, playing the debate between uh, Sanders and Biden last night. So um, I did see that it, it's it's un, it, it's times we've never seen before, Trent. I mean, with the Vegas uh, with the casino shutting down in Vegas, um, you know, I mean, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought that all of those properties on the Strip, those multi-billion-dollar enterprises, would close their doors? Uh, and it's and for the foreseeable future, you know, as we talked earlier, we have no idea when sports is coming back, mm-hmm. if they come back at all this year. And I'm talking about the winter sports, the NHL and the NBA, uh, baseball. Who knows when it's going to get going? The Kentucky Derby is going to be shelved. The Masters already has been. So it's just um, it's just batting down the hatches and trying to get through this. So uh, speaking of that DraftKings app, I opened it up to see how I did in my pool. Not very good. No free money. It was a free <laughs> contest that, that they went into. They have a couple other free of those uh, the survivor contests, things like that, that are going on right now on that app. But as I was perusing around, usually we get games of the year for college football. The point spreads that come out. May, right. June, right in that range. Yeah, some June used to be when the I think it was the Gold Nugget that was always mm-hmm. first, and then there was a couple of companies that decided, you know what? Well, why should we wait for June? And sure, tradition is one thing, but we're not associated or affiliated with the Gold Nugget. We're going to put out some of our lines, and you know, and do so. Why should we wait if we think that we've got a legitimate number? The the uh, minimums are going to be low, but you know what? That's a really good. Um, suggestion is to once these books open up is to get those on. Are, are you saying you've seen some? Oh, I've seen some. Yeah, on the DraftKings app oh, right have. now. They have the top 25 games in college football. The point spreads are out for those games starting with uh, August 29th. Navy, Notre Dame, they're playing what, in Ireland for that game, if I remember? Yeah, they're playing in Ireland, yeah. The Irish are a uh, 14.5 point favorite there against the midshipmen. <laughs> and there is one local game on there. It'll be the final game of the regular season for the Iowa Hawkeyes as Wisconsin will come to town. Of course, no Black Friday with Nebraska right. this year. It'll be ending the season with the Badgers. Nebraska in Kinnick Stadium. I'm putting your feet to the fire, Ken Miller. Hawkeyes, what's the point spread here against the Badgers? Uh, the point spread against the Badgers is a Hawks three. 
You're close on the number. It's Wisconsin favored by two and a half. Is it? Bucky minus two and a half. They also got the money line on here. Plus 120 if you're all about the Hawkeyes getting it done mm. in the uh, final Saturday of the year. It is happening. And th- this is something, too. They're working for content. They're looking for the things to do. The people that sure. make these lines, well, they don't have their nightly, daily, whatever it may be, kind of get together as they're putting together lines. So they're looking for things, looking for. I would guess within the next few weeks after we get through this NFL free agency period, once we get through this, that there's going to be not just week one lines. We might have lines for every single NFL game week after week. Well, the company that uh, that I work for, they, they do that with the exception of week 17. Mm-hmm. There's come out usually in early May, a, a line is posted for every one of the NFL games starting week one through week 16. Week 17 is you know too difficult to do with you know who's... Who needs to play? Who's going to rest their starters? Those type of things. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Trent. And, and the, the sad part is, is, is a lot of these people are going to be laid off, yeah. or they're going to be furloughed, or whatever. So the the, the staff that they do uh, is probably going to be tasked with doing some of those type of uh, exercises. And it makes perfect sense to do it, right? I mean, everybody or most people have the app on on their phone, and you know, you're you're killing time. I have to think that horse racing, the paramutual industry, is going to significant uptick um that, that's all there was this past weekend right you mm-hmm. could bet on horses if you're so inclined and even though there's people that you know probably have, have gone away from it a lot of people have from betting on horses this might bring some people back just because it's the only game in town at a lot of places i mean a lot of tracks are racing most tracks are racing without fans some states have shut down already but for the time being uh i know that the handle was up uh, across the over the weekend, across the racing industry, double digits, and that's probably going to be the case for the foreseeable future. So, with that, help us out. I, I've never done it outside of you know going to Prairie, going to a track, and making a bet. So, how this works? I mean, is it very similar to people now that are able to do sports betting online? Is it just right. as simple as you open up an account with? And, and what company do you go through to even open an account? Well, there's there's various companies. I use ExpressBet.com. They're okay. owned by the Stronic Group, which owns Santa Anita and Gulfstream. There's Twin Spires. That's the biggest one. Of course, that's that's the Churchill Downs entity. Mm-hmm. There's TVG.com, and you can watch the races on TVG, which is 602 on Direct TV. But yeah, you just open an account. It's legal in 42 states, I think. 42 states to bet on horses. Uh, and then it's just simple. You just click on, instead of clicking the sport, you click on the track you want to bet on. And, you know, you bet whatever, whatever pools that the track, that the host track is offering, you can bet right into those. So, uh, your money's put in the account as soon as the race is run, whether you win, hopefully that's the case or, or it's taken out once you hit submit. Uh, and then you watch the races and, uh, you can fund your account from home. You can, you can withdraw from home. It's simple to do. And that's, I've been, I've been betting on horses online trends since the early '90s when it wow. first began, uh, and that's why that's why that there's so few people going to the races anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, eighty percent of the handle on horse racing is done uh, by people betting on the internet. Uh, so, if that's if there's something that you have to do, uh, <laughs> if you have to make a bet, a lot of people are finding that the, that the horses really uh, are at least for now uh, something that they can satisfy, scratch that itch. No doubt. Well, uh, as we normally talk about here, what we're keeping an eye on this evening, do you have a new series now that you're diving into? Do you have something you're getting ready to rewatch? What's What's going to be on the television with no sports going on this evening? 
Well, I'm going to watch a lot of NFL Network in the next couple of days. Yeah. You know, but, but um, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. Uh, first 48, those type of things, some of those cop shows. I'm into the food shows. Yeah. I uh, watched, uh, watched a lot of man versus food or man fire food, whatever the heck it's called. Um, I, I don't know, Trent. I mean, nobody does, right? It's yeah. just, you know, you're getting to know your spouse again for a lot of, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't a bad thing, myself included. Um, it's just, we don't know. And, and sadly, it's going to be like this for. God, weeks, if not months. Yeah, it, it certainly feels that way. And even you know when we get sports back, it'll eventually happen. It's not like sports are, are done forever. That's not the case. But in the here and now, it's about being cognizant of what's happening around you, being thinking about your fellow man, too, and not just about yourself right. and what it may be, but, but everybody else out there. And, and you know, going back, and we talked about this earlier, Ken, but when this was first coming up, and you mentioned it to me for the first time, and I scoffed, and I scoffed for weeks and weeks, and, and it took mm-hmm. a long time for me to even realize the impact that this could make. I, I personally thought it was just another one of the alarmist things that we hear on news media that comes out from time to time. I thought it was another in the line of, past of these that have come through and, and nothing really happens in the grand scheme of things. This is so much deeper than that. This is so much scarier than that. There, there's no question. And and now is the time if you, if you possibly can. And again, as I said at the top, I'm very grateful to you for, you know, allowing me to, uh, to go through this. Everybody's got to do it their own way. And I and Cindy are going to choose to self-isolate because, uh, you know, we're in that demographic and I'm not sure that it's, it's, eventually going to be found out that really no demographics can escape this thing but it's legit and if you just follow the you know the data that's out there and look at the curves and we're trending exactly the way that italy and south korea did and if you see what's happening in those countries uh, and the fact that they had testing way before we did or or, uh, testing available way before we did i think that uh, we're in for a jolt here uh in the next couple of weeks clearly and everybody that has the same theory i do hopes we're wrong but boy, oh boy, it sure feels like, uh, unfortunately, that this is the way that's going. So thank you uh, for at least the foreseeable future for allowing me to do a couple of segments at home. As I'm going to try and, um, you know, not add to those statistics. No doubt. Well, we will uh, talk to you again tomorrow on the program as we're going to start to uh, take some deep dives into some of the great teams here around the state of Iowa. We're going to talk about not just the big games, the big moments that we remember, Iowa-Michigan 1985, but we're going to go a little bit deeper into those games. We're not just going to talk about the Elite Eight game for Iowa State-Michigan State. We're going to go through those seasons, and we're going to get your memories of things. We're going to get sound clips and highlights. We're going to make at least a little bit of fun, a little bit of levity here to some of the great teams here in our state of Iowa in the coming weeks. Sounds like fun. It is. It's going to be a good time. We'll try to keep you entertained. That'll do it for the program here today. Miller and Condon taking you up until noon each and every weekday here on 1460 KXNO along with 106.3 FM. We got Murph and Andy coming your way at 2 o'clock, followed by the Sports Fanatics. And it starts again tomorrow morning with the Morning Rush on your local program. And thanks for listening, everybody. 